Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Tiffany here from Swish, and I want to talk about being a problem solver. In my classroom, I'm always telling my equal firsties to be problem solvers. In first grade, that's one thing, but in adult life, it's a whole other. It can be really difficult to train your brain to go into a problem-solving mode. Maybe you don't even know where to start. It's a challenge that we all face in life. But when you learn to better help your brain find solutions, it's truly a great feeling. And if you've ever been thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. BetterHelp is convenient, it's accessible, it's affordable, and it's all online. And on top of that, they match you with a therapist just by filling out a brief survey. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com swish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash swish. Welcome to Swish and Flick, an all-Potter podcast. Swish and Flick, everyone. The Swish and Flick. Hello and welcome to episode 228 of Swish and Flick. I'm Tiffany. I'm Megan. I'm Katie. And I'm Sarah. And today we are going to give you our reactions for the Harry Potter... 20th reunion that was on HBO Max. We just got finished watching it. Um, it was an emotional roller coaster, but I laughed a lot more than I thought I was going to. So, yeah, I'm I ready more to than talk. I cried, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't cry. Neither did I. Because you two okay. have no feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Unemotional. No. It was basically whenever other people on screen would get teary-eyed emotional. That's when it would get to me. I would get teary-eyed emotional. Yeah. I think I cried the most. I very very silently cried. So, I don't know. (laughs) We could have been even, but I just wasn't showing it. (laughs) Meg would just, like, look over at me in her eyes. It's just, like, I know. I was like, I'm blinking them away. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, do you want me to read some social media before we dive in? Sure. It's right in front of me. Yeah. I'm going to mix it up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So make sure you follow us on your preferred podcast listening platform and share this episode with your friends. They might like us as well. You never know. (laughs) (laughs) Subscribe to our channel on YouTube at Swish and Flick Podcast and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Swish Flick Cast. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, we are doing this lovely reaction for everyone today. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash swish flick cast. Supporting our podcast keeps us going and you get awesome extra stuff like exclusive Felix Files episodes, our Discord channel, live recordings, trivia games, swish swag boxes, and more. Thank you so much to everyone for your support and we appreciate you so much. We are always accepting Potter stories. Any kind of fun stuff, questions, concerns, send them to our email, swishflickcast at gmail.com. You did and that so is well. That. Well Thank done. You. Thank Good you. Thank you. I've been, I've been doing this for a little while now. Hmm. I don't know if you know. <laughs> All right. I think that maybe we give 
three reaction words. So three single words for our reaction. Three. Ayo. Um, to the reunion. You can think about it. Hmm. I have two. I need one more. Okay. 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 I think that I would go with nostalgic, mm-hmm. emotional, mm-hmm. and heartwarming. Hmm. That's how it made me feel the whole time I was watching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think mine emotional, memories, and laughs. I laughed a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I know I said that earlier, but I laughed a lot more than I thought I was going to laugh. I also thought heartwarming, so I thought fun, heartwarming, and sweet. Mm. It was sweet. Let's uh, say you, Daddy. I don't know. <laughs> um, I would also say laughs. Um, it was cool to see them all again. Laughs, cool. Uh, oh, memories. I don't know. Memories. That's good. Memories. <laughs> I think I laughed the most at Tom Felton. Yeah. Same. <laughs> he was like, uh, he was a bigger part of it than I thought he was going to be, and I liked that. I feel like he's never left that, yeah. though. No. I feel like he's... He and Jason Isaacs, with their relationship where they call each other like father and son um, all the time ever since. Like, I just feel like he's always been in that mode and he interacts with the Potter community like out of like the more of the main characters of the movies. Like he does it the most, I feel like. He loves it. Like he mm-hmm. he kind of makes me think of how. Ivana Lynch was while filming the films like just so in it and I'm not saying she's not in it anymore but like yeah he's just like continued to do Mm -hmm. it after and like just like he's actually a Gryffindor but like he'll embrace I think he has like as much Slytherin merch as he should Gryffindor merch Mm -hmm. I just love how much he embraces it and loves it just like we do yeah yeah it, it just like hearing them talk about it just like I guess I'm him too, but like him, Matthew Lewis, Alfie Enoch, the trio, hearing them talk about it in the sense of like how it was their childhood and how experiences that maybe we had in grade school, middle school, high school, or what mm-hmm. they were experiencing on this film set. Mm-hmm. What did he say? It was just in Defense Against the Dark Arts class. Right. Yeah. Like, Instead yeah. of being in school. Right. Yeah, it was the same <laughs> thing. And like, they've. N- I, feel, I feel as if we've never heard them really talk about it in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, because I am definitely somebody who has deep dived on YouTube many a times and just watched as much behind the scenes things as I possibly could. Even like back in high school, I was just all about finding every single Rupert Grint interview, every single Emma Watson interview. Like I would just go all out and try to watch all of them, every single TV station they were ever on. Like back in the day then it was more so like, Oh, Mm. they're going to be on a TV show. instead of like, like, Press stuff. I'll catch it on right. YouTube later. Yeah. So like that was how I was 
growing up. So to hear them talk about it in a way that I've actually never heard them talk about it was really refreshing and surprising because a lot of the times whenever like whenever like they decide to do things like this, um, it never feels like new information. You know what I mean? It's just like, mm-hmm. oh, they're going to talk about the same things they've always talked about. And like, sure, it'll be nostalgic to like see them now. But but they actually talked about things that I'd never heard them talk about before. And like hearing Emma, she didn't really go into as much detail maybe as I I personally would have liked to pry about why she didn't come back. Um, the fact that she actually like talked about that was really, really, really cool. Um, I don't know. It was just that kind of stuff that made me really happy with, with this in general. Yeah. I think I really enjoyed, I did enjoy that because mainly, so there's like this, and I'm sure we'll both talk about this more, but there's this really, really, really big documentary that originally they had released in pieces on the Ultimate Editions, which at the mm-hmm. time were like this new release on... It was when Blu-rays were brand yeah, new. Yeah, like... And it, was it was the was first time they were being released on Blu-ray. Right, so it was like, it looked like, on your shelf, it looked like a set of books, and it was really oh, pretty. Yeah. And it would come with, like, things in it, like, film cells, like, I don't know, that kind of stuff. But at the end, or part of that, and each one was like, okay, this is the making of Harry Potter. And it was like, each one was like an hour to an hour and a half long. Like, yeah. like they were legit, and it was eight parts, so I was just... And one mm-hmm. would be, like, focused on music. One would be focused on creatures. One would be focused on growing up. Um, so that's where we've seen a lot of stuff from. But I feel like a lot of that focused on the trio more so. So that's why I liked seeing, you know, Matthew, Tom. Alfie, yeah. Tommy. Or, yeah, and Tom. But I, I also... you called him Tommy. <laughs> I no, thought you no, said sorry. Tommy. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> I was um, like, yeah, Tommy. <laughs> Tommy's <laughs> mammy. <laughs> I really liked seeing the adults quote adults because they're all adults now but the adult potter actors yeah um yeah it was really cool to like hear robbie coltrane say like he i was had so emotional he was the best in he this, was saying hey he at this was. point in time i'd been acting 35 years and still walking out to the set was overwhelming and like and to put it into perspective that like he was overwhelmed so he couldn't even imagine how the kids felt and this was right. the first time they ever did anything like this and he felt overwhelmed as a seasoned actor who was in big motion pictures i mean he was in james bond like big films yeah and then gary oldman talking about how it was a family and how potter made it that way because you came back unlike other films i mean how many other mm-hmm. films have eight parts to them where literally these kids grow up over the, a decade and these adult Fast actors the see them also. I bet it's similar <laughs> right. to like Marvel. It's just you really, know? Yeah. 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 They seem like they're pretty tight knit as well. So that completely yeah. makes sense. Because what we, he was saying is like, you don't normally have enough time on a set to grow those kinds of relationships. Mm-hmm. So it's just something special that like we all share in our way as fans and they all get to share in their own way because they were a part of it in a way that we'll never know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. I loved hearing about like the Weasley kids being like an actual family mm-hmm. and how like uh, Julie Walters never like kind of went out of character she was always like the mom type um but i loved the story of the twins when ron and in um goblet has to dance with 
McGonagall. <laughs> and they told him that they had been practicing the steps for six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and there were no steps to it. And so they like freaked him out. I just thought that that was fantastic. Like, I, I bet there's more pranks that they like played on each other the whole time. But that was, that was one of the ones that stood out for me. I was like, that is so. Like Sarah, you would do that to me. You would be like, "Well, have you been practicing? Like, do you know Absolutely. the, do you know the steps?" Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. I would believe you, and I would fall for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd be like, "No, I don't know." Oh, I loved it. Yeah, I will say that even watching that, like we watched that whole documentary leading up to this, because we're like, "Oh, will there be new footage?" And they did use a lot of that footage, but it, it wasn't just like a redoing of that. I didn't. Feel yeah, like that's that. what I was it still worried felt about. New. Yeah, and there was some new stuff. And then you have all of these interviews between the cast that you've never seen these cast members interact in an interview like that before. And it brought, like, this whole new level to it. Like, just seeing them, like, compliment each other and, like, talk about how they were, like, learning as actors. And they would mm-hmm. they would look at each other and go, hey, that's acting. That's cool. <laughs> like, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was cute. Aww. I love how Robbie Coltrane said his favorite moments were with the trio and him in Mm -hmm. Hagrid's hut. I liked that because that felt that feels authentic for us being movie watchers and and book readers, because that's when I felt that everybody was the most tight knit is when, you know, Hagrid was maybe spilling a secret or giving out more information for them to slowly like piece together puzzles and figure it out and, moving every plot along or like for example when Hermione's called a mudblood for the first time and that was her first big opportunity to do some real acting I think is what Emma said Mm -hmm. and you know she's got the tears in her eyes and he gives her like the the pep talk and I don't know I just I just thought that was really special because it felt special for for me too as a as a you know content consumer can we talk about Robbie Coltrane's little lip quiver? Oh my god! Stop when it. he's sitting beside Emma, you can see a tear yes. is down yeah. his face, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I can't!" But like, uh, there's so many good parts, and I feel like there's so much that I'm not remembering <laughs> already. So I, know, I feel I really like it's definitely watch it again. yeah, it's sure. something I've got to watch again for sure. It's just. Uh, so sweet. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of lot of missing people that I would like to have seen. That like I'm so glad they did, and I don't know why I was like not. Su- I didn't think about that part being in there, like in loving memory, and I'm so glad they did that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I know. I'd like a whole thing for. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say as soon as that started, I was like, oh no, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I could I could watch a whole special on you know the people who have passed like if you pull like their behind the scenes footage and have the cast talk about just the people who are no longer with us like I would love to see that like I would love to hear more stories about Alan Rickman being Alan Rickman and then switching to Snape just like how they how um Tom Felton talked about Jason Isaacs playing Lucius and how it was a Jekyll and Hyde situation because one second Jason Isaacs is being like so incredibly kind and like, um, you know, like a mentor to Tom and then switching to Lucius Malfoy 
and slapping his hand with his, you know, the end of his, uh, his wand pretty much with his walking stick and that there were fangs on it and it dug into Tom's hand. Then he has to switch back to Jason Isaacs and apologize for, you know, actually yeah. hurting him. <laughs> yeah. It'll be good for the scene. It made oh, me think the- of that scene with hair or with Dan where he like grabs him by the neck and he's like, Ooh, sorry, like Oh yes. right. Yes. Yeah. Well when he's talking when Jason Isaacs is talking about um the end of Chamber of Secrets and he kicks and then he hits with his cane and they were gonna reshoot that because they thought he slipped. He's like, No, I kicked Abby down the <laughs> stairs. I'm like, This is brilliant. This is brilliant. So good. It's just so great. I love how like I just admire actors and actresses and the way that they can really hone in on their craft and really bring these characters that we absolutely like know and love or hate from these pages and just bring them to life. And I can't imagine anybody else being Lucius Malfoy. Like that's Jason Isaacs and they and they do it so incredibly well. And like can you imagine anybody else being Hagrid? You know what I mean? Like they they did such an amazing job bringing these characters to life for us. Because we're a judgmental crew. As much <laughs> as much as the Harry Potter community is very open and accepting and warm, we want uh things done with fidelity and we want things to feel how they felt for us in the books and in large part i feel like the the movie series as a whole was very successful now i can pick some out that i said uh eh, you you didn't meet my expectations but that's a whole nother ball game and i was trying to separate craft from craft writing from from film but if we go back and we just dial in on Sorcerer's Stone and Chamber of Secrets and Chris Columbus and what he did and how the kids said that they felt so comfortable and that the environment was warm and that they were learning and Chris Columbus was patient and kind, like that's what I that's what I wanted for the movies. I and that's what we got. I love Chris Columbus so much. He's I amazing. think because I've like inundated myself with this behind the scenes thing and now watching this and hearing so much of Chris Columbus talk about his passion for these movies. Um, I guess I just never kind of like what I think Dan said it mm-hmm. like he never got enough credit for everything he did because realistically he set these films up for success with the casting. He set these films up for success with the with the um you know getting Stuart Craig to be able to design getting John Williams to come in and do the music like so much of that is attributed to Chris Columbus's success in these first two films and like I was so sad watching the um that eight-part documentary and like hearing about how he had decided that he wasn't going to come back for the third one and how when he signed on to do Sorcerer's Stone, he full well intended to do all of the films. Um, Mm. And that kind of surprised me because I guess I never, I I guess I just never thought 
that he had wanted to do all of them because he didn't you know so like to me I was just like well maybe he was just taking it film by film but but when he signed on to do the first one he fully intended to finish it out and just got so mentally and physically exhausted because I mean he was training all of these kids to learn how to act basically and like it was the first and second films were back-to-back filming because they were trying to keep up with Beat the clock. The kids growing. Yeah. Um. So like it was, there was just no rest for him, and he had a family, and mm-hmm. it makes me sad that he didn't finish them. But also, I understand why he didn't finish them. And like, mm-hmm. I like what Alfonso. Cur- I liked hearing Alfonso talk about the the film in this um in this special because I think for a long time I didn't really appreciate what Alfonso did for the films because the third is just the third is good in its own right but also not if you are comparing craft to craft like we tend to do sometimes but like hearing him talk about his visions and how he was treating the kids more like adults and giving them more say in their role it made me appreciate really what he taught them to be able to like complete the movies like imagine Mm -hmm. um i'm not saying that chris couldn't have pushed them i'm sure that he would have would have because he works with kids and adults but like it made me appreciate him and then also mike newell and i like david yates but he just is a little bit too heavy-handed with the uh the scissors but the editing shears the one thing the one thing watching the special hearing David Yates say, I just thought, you know, like Harry would like grab onto Voldemort. I was like, no, no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't grab onto Voldemort in the seventh one and fight him. That's just the dialogue still, during that scene as well as. Yeah. I still just cannot as, get as a board. lover of seven. It's cringy for me. It is very cringy. And I try <laughs> not, I try not to be that way about them. Yeah. But yeah. That I'm not going to crap all over him. I'm not going to do that. But, no, um, but that scene, I just cannot yeah. ever. The battle, I just can't get on board. A lot of the battle's good. I keep going back and forth. But, like, honestly. the It, it has a lot of really great moments. It does. And it has a lot of really questionable moments, I yeah. guess I would say. Yeah. Well, one thing, if we go back to talking about, like, uh, how one and two, we've talked about this before on the pod. The, the aesthetics of one and two are warm tones like if you think about um the reds and the softs of like uh Gryffindor Tower and um the grass is really green mm-hmm. uh, and it's bright and airy and it just feels comfortable and then you switch to three and I liked hearing him say Alfonso Curon say that I mean I knew it was on purpose but it's nice to hear that that what we picked up on is what was intended um, the tone of the movie changes and so does the aesthetic. So like if you look at three, it's all bluish and green tones and cool, cooler tones. And it's um, it's a little it's darker and rightfully so. And he talks about how Harry has like this cloud over him because Sirius Black is out to kill him. Right. Uh, mass murder on the loose and how things just kind of shift. And and I liked that. And. As a movie watcher, like I, I picked up on that and I could feel mm-hmm. that. So I appreciated that a lot. Didn't appreciate the layout change, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> I So like I'm like iffy about the layout change because I think that Stuart Craig 
he they were under time constraints really with the first two I think and I feel like he didn't get to get it to what he wanted so then he just like took the opportunity as the movies went on to expand and better Hogwarts and like it's awkward going through the transition but I like what it turns out as in the end you know what I mean so it's like the growing pains of getting there um Cause like I love the thing is like the first two films they did a lot more on they they did a lot more on location shooting like they went to Annick they went to Oxford they went like they went to all of these beautiful cathedrals and places all over England and Scotland and then they they like started to tone that down as the movies went on because it's expensive and which makes no sense because like they're getting more money as the movies go on like why couldn't you have still continued to do on location but they had all the space it leaves to, to build what they needed to build and the technology was getting better as the movies went on so they could you know just send out maybe like a second crew and go film some things in the highlands and not have to send the actors there etc cetera, etc cetera. but like it made it the ending of what hogwarts became made the growing pains worth it in my opinion even though it was like awkward as we were going i agree, <laughs> I agree. that was a long-winded answer but you know that's how i am so <laughs> makes for good podcasts yeah. <laughs> um emily in the chat said i wonder why they didn't talk about any of the props like mina lima and they asked me and you meg as graphic designers how did them not, them not talking about that make me feel I will say, um, would have been super cool. However, yeah. this was more like focused on the cast and that kind of a reunion as opposed to the whole behind the scenes effect. Like, it wasn't the inner workings of how they made it. It was, it's been 20 years. We haven't seen everybody in such a long time. So, like, I'm okay with it because that didn't seem like that was the focus. Because yeah, there's don't... so much more in Potter that you can talk about. It's almost yeah, like that needs to be a whole different thing. Yeah, like that is a special in and of itself. <laughs> yeah. So I truly. feel like if they would have included it, they wouldn't have given it the time that it deserves anyway. It would have felt out of place. Yeah. In this specific example. Yeah, totally. It would have been cool to see Mina Lima in it. But I, yeah, I just think it doesn't. Yeah. It would have been cool for them to talk about their story. Uh, but they just don't have the relationships that, like, the cast necessarily does. Like, I know that they were there and they never intended to be on this 10-year project or whatever. So it would have been cool to, like, hear them talk about that. But this was more so about the relationships and the growth of of the familiar faces. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, literally the mm-hmm. cast. Yeah. And the directors. I loved, I loved how much screen time the directors got in this. I liked that because it it was like talking about how the kids were growing and it was their viewpoint of, of the kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're people we don't get to hear from often. So it was, it was cool. I loved, I loved the part whenever the Weasleys were in the borough and Chris Columbus like came in. in. (laughs) Yeah. They didn't even know he was going to be there. That was cute. Yeah, that was sweet. They didn't talk about shoelace. <laughs> they didn't. I can imagine thinking about thinking about that though, and how 
Bonnie and Dan are three years different. Now, when we're this age, that's not a lot. But when they were doing that, that's a lot of an age difference. And I can imagine that that felt awkward AF for Dan. Yeah. To have to yeah. kiss her. And I didn't necessarily think about that until now. Because, like, I mean, 30 to 33 is whatever. But, like, 13 to 16 is, like, ugh. <sighs> right. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> oh, God. They didn't uh, talk about the Emma Dan kiss at all. I no. know. And I was <laughs> waiting for that. I was waiting for that because they hyped up and talked so much about um, Rupert and Emma. And I was waiting for Dan and Emma because that one, like I, I think I said this on the on the live, um, that one was way more intense. And wasn't Rupert there for that? Wasn't he giving them like garbage for that? I, I don't know I had if heard, he was. I thought that I had heard that somewhere. Sometimes. I can imagine him having to get kicked off the set for that, though. <laughs> yeah. I think that sometimes they don't allow... I wonder, especially because, like, Emma had to be topless for that scene. So maybe he wouldn't have been allowed to be there. I don't know. Was it she actually been... topless or was she wearing, like, a strapless like something? Like a thing, and yeah. They could just... Yeah, I mean, I guess it probably was, like, to look topless, but still, like, uncomfortable for her, you know? Probably. Yeah. Like, here, yeah. I'm going to paint you silver, and then I want you to <laughs> neck on each other. Oh, yeah, and they're like, and we were painted. <laughs> oh, gosh, that reminds me of when um, Helena Bottom Carter and Dan are going down the steps at Gringotts, and she yells back up, we're snogging down here. <laughs> <laughs> I like when so they funny. first went in there, and Dan's like, it's so nice of you to let us do this at your house. Your house, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, they're genuinely, from what we see, they seem to be genuinely very pleasant people yeah. who I enjoy hearing from. And I love seeing their reactions to each other. Like, when else are you going to see Daniel and Helena Bonham Carter, you can't say her name just as one, interact? Mm-hmm. Like, I liked how he said HBC. Yeah. HBC. Like, I'm going to call her that yeah. I loved the little... Um, signature that he had given her oh and she god. made oh my god loud. that was great i would have liked to have known who dated each other when yeah. they were like yes. people, like kiss or whatever and people broke like got together and like then broke up who, who was really snogging mm. at hogwarts yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> I, that was a whole thing i feel like tom and emma just need to happen <laughs> you know what i always wonder though is like Actors, like child actors who are like in situations like they were, I feel like it would be really difficult to be, it's like, it's like a two-sided, it's like a double-ended sword. Is that the right phrase? Because double-edged. like double-edged sword. Because <laughs> a double-ended sword would be very painful to hold. Yeah. Because <laughs> I feel like part of it is you grew up together so like you might have that sibling type relationship but also at the end of the day like that type of situation that you were in like how can you find somebody who relates to you on the same level besides the people who did it with you so it's almost like do you like do you have a relationship with someone who you did that with you know what i mean to like be able to get each other i i don't know yeah. I feel like Emma I know, still I, I has a crush, about. if I'm being honest. Did you see her face? I mean, who wouldn't? I mean, I would. 
Mm. He's cute. He's cute. So is she. She's hot. But also, <laughs> reminder, you can be just friends with the opposite sex. I loved and that. it's all good. I loved how that was clearly shown between her and Rupert. That yeah. was hilarious. Oh my God, him saying, I love you. And then there's a pause. Just well, his friends. Because <laughs> that was him totally cutting, not the tension, but like the emotion, because they were both like crying. crying. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, I have to make a joke, basically, is probably what he was thinking. Right. That's why he is literally you. And if he is you, then you are and Ron. He's r- <laughs> and he is literally Ron, then you are actually Ron Weasley. <laughs> yeah. And I think you're okay with it. Because <laughs> Ron's great. I would love to be married to someone and let me stay home. I'll be the Ron in that situation. You go work. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a You be what? Hermione. Yeah. I got a good looking spouse. Part time, hang out at the joke shop. Yeah. That would be perfect. Dreams. (sighs) You you have any other standout moments? The one one scene that surprised me, and I guess I've never thought about, was closer to the end when it was the trio. And they were talking about how they, like, lost themselves towards the end. Yeah. And I, I can... I can see it and understand based on how they were talking about it, but it was like clearly something that you wouldn't think about. Yeah. I also did not realize Meg said she had wrote about this, but I didn't realize that Emma almost walked away in what at five. Yeah. After, yeah. Before five. And while we were watching this, we were discussing in the chat with um, some other swishers and, It's just so important to really get rid of this whole sexualizing female. I do um, think that was a big part of it. Actors and musicians and just females in the public eye, like, or anybody really, but that's just where you see it in the media. And like, I do not blame her for wanting to be like, you know what? I don't want to be a part of this. Not because I don't love the work I'm doing or who I'm doing it with, but like, I don't want people to talk about me like that. I'm, a teenager i mean you shouldn't do it to anybody but especially yeah Yeah, somebody in the chat said that there was a countdown online until emma watson was 18 that's gross it happens still now with with stars that are underage it's disgusting okay it's not okay um and i think too is like it's so overwhelming though for them i'm sure to for all of those years all of a sudden like all of these people know them and they can't go anywhere and that's exhausting you know mm-hmm, always yeah. having people like hound them and especially when you're in something so big and people like ship you with people and they're like are you, what's gonna happen tell me what's gonna happen in the books or like why aren't you dating this person or like what are they really like tell us tell us tell us and they almost think like they themselves are the characters anyways and it's not easy you know and I think people mm-hmm. forget that. I think that... Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I was going to say I wonder if Emma kind of realized... Maybe why she came back is because she realized that, like, the damage was already done. So, like, stepping away wasn't going to stop that kind of stuff. So why hold herself back from finishing a project she clearly loves? I mean, I don't know. She didn't talk about it. This is obviously just me theorizing. But, like, I wonder if that's what made her just decide to keep on keeping on because she's like, well, it's 
me stepping away is not going to stop people from saying these things, you know? So like why hold, why take something away from myself that I enjoy doing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I wonder how they got out of that, like, who am I thing? Because they all said that they'd experienced it. Like you've been playing this. I, and I, mean, like I hope chopped they did. her hair off and be like changed how she looked completely. Like probably just to, to really get away from Hermione. Yeah. 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 I mean, they probably, they've taken roles that aren't, are far away from their characters too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Was dance, dance first thing that he did was that play. Oh, well, I think he was still in Harry Potter when he did that. And he was completely nude. Yeah. (laughs) And then Emma just became Belle, which is clearly Hermione. Again. Correct. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but she had Just roles Disney. in between that, and she yeah. she went off and she went to college and yeah, you know, She's Rupert a bought a ice cream now. truck or whatever. <laughs> I really enjoyed. Um, can't remember the exact quote in the beginning, but it was about time, and I really liked that. And then I like how the trio gets together, and Rupert's like, "Yeah, a lot of time has passed. Like I've had kidney stones and a baby." <laughs> <laughs> yeah i didn't i don't remember hearing the kidney stones thing <laughs> well i didn't hear him say it because i like the, you get someone was talking so like i didn't hear but i saw kidney stones i was like what is he saying <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm pretty sure he just said something about having a kid too i'm like that's funny yeah <sighs> her name is wednesday so cute Aww. I don't know. It was a good time. I'm excited to watch it again. Yeah. I want to watch it again. No offense without you guys in my ears. No headphones on. (laughs) Just focused in on it. Yeah. Relaxed. I mean, we've watched that other eight-part documentary a couple times. So it's just like we just love watching this. Because I swear every time I watch that, I still see something new or something different stands out to me. If you loved this, it's on YouTube. Go and watch it. Yeah. It is like the best eight hours ever of just Harry Potter nostalgia and awesome behind the scenes footage. I freaking love it. Oh, I boy, forgot yeah. how much I loved it until we watched it again. I was like, oh, it just feels it makes you so excited to just like go back and watch the films again. And I this special made me remember when I so I was the kid who was just because I mean you guys know who I am when I when I want something when I love something I love it hard I go all in it's who I am that's mm-hmm. how I am mm-hmm. that's clearly how I was with Harry Potter when I was a kid too like nothing's changed Megan is Megan that's how I am <laughs> so like when I loved Harry Potter I freaking loved Harry Potter. Like I, my mom and dad would buy me those magazines that would come out that would like just be about Harry Potter. And I would just pour through them. I would ask to get two copies so I could cut one up and I could keep one whole. And I would paste every tiny little picture of like all of their faces on my wall. I'd cut out the pictures. I had like a whole shrine in my room like, you know, there were people who had the Backstreet Boys. No, I had Rupert, Emma, and Tom, uh, Rupert, Emma, and Dan on my walls, just like <laughs> totally obsessed. And that feeling of just being so immersed in something, so in love with something, 
it it just has this certain nostalgic feel like in my core that this kind of stuff like lights again Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and it just that is more so what makes me emotional is that feeling over like the words that any of them were saying not that that wasn't emotional and beautiful but like like whenever Robbie said the whole line of like in 50 years we'll be watching Harry Potter I won't be here but Hagrid will be and then I think to like Megan in her room with all those magazines and like how I hope that I can that I can like pass that on to like my friend's kids or if I decide to have a kid or like I just yeah I feel like it's a generational thing that's just going to keep getting passed down and it already has like Mm -hmm. Tom was talking about like he's met kids who like weren't even alive whenever he was filming it (laughs) which is crazy well and we have the kids that listen to this podcast you know writing to us and and talking to us and you have the kids that you see at um Universal that are you know doing magic and like flipping out and they're you know getting immersed in the world and then you have alana who (laughs) who's building harry potter legos with me and she's watching the first movie all the way through the end is a little too much but like and she picks up Draco Malfoy and tells me that she doesn't like him and I'm like he's he's just misunderstood he he's, he's just misunderstood he turns out he's getting better but like you know it's uh I I want to pass that to her not only because I love it but because it's wholesome and the lessons that we learn from it are are good and pure and it's just i've learned so much and connected with people so much through potter like that's something i want for her it could be through potter it could be maybe she does it through disney stuff or star wars or whatever just find something to love like that you know yeah Something and that, that teaches feels like you home. teaches you good. Yeah. It's cozy. Potter's cozy. Mm-hmm. And it and it always has been and I think it always will be for for us Potterheads and Swishers. Yeah. I agree. And you know, I've gotta be a hundred percent honest. I truly don't even think that any of the parts that they put in this special with the author were even needed. Like they didn't have I to agree. include any of that. And this special would have been amazingly I do, beautiful without I do it. want to clear up a misconception though from the internet because a lot of people are saying that the author wasn't reached out to and invited. The author was reached out to and invited and her team and her decided that footage from 2019 would suffice. So she was invited. I read an article That's that they didn't say if she like what her response was. The Twitter, the, the I believe it was on her Twitter that said that the, her, the team and her decided that it, it would suffice from previous recordings. Hmm. It, it didn't take away and it didn't do anything for me. I'll say that. I was indifferent. Um, but I did enjoy at the very beginning and a little bit sparse throughout seeing the book releases. Yeah. That was yeah. cool because that that brought back a lot of that really was nostalgic. Memories. Those were some good times. 
I mean, r- reading was at the time people were talking about how reading was dead. And this for an entire generation of kids and adults, adults got into the series too. Yeah. Um, it amped it up for us. And I think that if you look through bookstagram, you're going to find a lot of millennials there. And a lot of those people have probably read Harry Potter. Yeah. And it, it, this is, this is a series that may have jump started people's, love for reading i know that it did with me um and as a teacher now like i'm excited that if i'm still in the classroom and a a new series comes out and takes over schools all across the world like potter did for us like that's going to be a great time. And I would for sure read those books. And, you know, I can remember one of my English teachers with Chamber of Secrets is the book that we we did a study on in her class. Like if I taught older kids, which, you know, first graders, if a series comes out, it's probably not going to be for them. But I would totally give in and go all in to that and read it and bring it in your classroom and get hyped with them and it's just something that we need to foster. Parents need to foster it. Um, aunts and uncles need to foster it. Friends of the family need to everybody foster that love of reading because it's something that lasts an entire lifetime. Don't do it. She's just lying to you all. Dude, I got to tell you, Sarah has lied about all her book purchases ever. And the I've books never that you see book. are not hers. <laughs> I just screen. I have one book and I just... Photoshop different covers. She catfishes everybody. (laughs) She steals people's books, pictures from the internet. She's gotten really good with cut and paste. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Oh goodness. Anything else or trying to think? think. I think that's pretty good. I think we all got a good little boost of nostalgia there i think it was was just really well done yeah i think it was well done i agree Mm -hmm. i wanted more i always want more yeah Yeah. i'll watch it again it was a good length i was Mm -hmm. worried it was gonna Mm -hmm. be like an hour (laughs) i was worried it was gonna be even less than that so like yeah it was it was a good it was a good length i agree and it didn't feel like too much um, but yeah, I mean, it, I always want more, so. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. Well. Should this be for Nargles and Nostalgia? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could do that. I, like I could that. do that. <laughs> if you want to follow your hosts on social media, Megan and Katie are on Instagram at the Petrus family. I, Tiffany, am on Instagram at tiffswish underscore flick. And Sarah's on Instagram at O'Malley with three H's. Oh, well, kids, like Katie said, for nargles and nostalgia. I like it. And that, and that concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And don't let the muggles get you down. Oh, my God, it's a big...